Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. Today, I'd like to introduce um, a very special guest on our LinkedIn Smart Podcast, and Wayne Brainbarth. And he's a LinkedIn trainer, a speaker, consultant. He's author of a Powerful Formula for LinkedIn Success. And uh, I think he's going to talk to, to us about a lot of strategies and a lot of tips on LinkedIn. So welcome on our podcast, Wayne. Well, it's great to be here. It's sort of an exciting time when you can talk to people from halfway around the world, isn't it? Yes. Thank you very much for joining us. And um, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're coming from and all that? Just kind of like a brief sure. intro. You bet. So um, I started out my business career. I'm a CPA. I'm an accountant. So uh, in, in the U.S. here and in, in specifically in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I, I did accounting for many years. And then I bought a business, a furniture, office furniture business. And, and during that time of ownership, of that business is when LinkedIn came out and everybody started joining LinkedIn, but not really knowing what they were doing. And in the recession here in the States of 2007 and 2008, our business went way down half, half of what it was. And as the accountant, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to grow the business when nobody was buying office furniture. And I found LinkedIn, a friend told me about LinkedIn and I tried it and I said, Oh my gosh, this thing is powerful. And it wasn't powerful to me because it was a social media platform. It was powerful to me because of the database, this database of people. And at that time, it was only 60 million people. And now it's 700 million people, right? And so when I saw that this database was available to us business people for free, and we could see who our friends knew, the first, second, third degree thing, I said, oh my gosh, this thing's unbelievable. But nobody gets it yet. Nobody gets it. So then I started teaching classes. And I taught the classes here in Wisconsin and Illinois, and I was doing it just to help people, but secondly, to tell people about my office furniture business. Because how else was I going to advertise it? And it was something I could do for free, and I was still helping people. And I did 105 classes in that first year, in one year. And I did them all for free, because I thought, I'm just going to get exposure to our company but also I'll help people with LinkedIn. But that's when my wife said we should do this. So she said we should write a book. And I said, what do you mean write a book? I'm a terrible writer. She said, that's where I come in. So we wrote this book together, the first edition. And it came out in 2011 and the book spiked on Amazon. And the next thing you know, I started getting calls all over the world, the country for speaking. And because then there are only like five books out there. Now there's hundreds probably. Uh, but our book still comes up really nice. That's the fourth edition. And we sold over 100,000 books and now it's my full-time job. So I transitioned from office furniture guy doing LinkedIn as sort of a, like a marketing tool for my company to a full-time LinkedIn guy about seven years ago. And I sold my stock in my, my office furniture business to my partner. And, uh, and the rest is history, man. I'm sticking to it. Awesome. That's a, that's a beautiful story, actually. Um, would, you, would you know, you know um, because of the LinkedIn what was the growth of your company with the, with the furniture? Um, would you have any numbers because of the LinkedIn you grew it? You know, I don't have any specific numbers, but I can tell you that I was getting calls from people who would go, my boss told me to call you because we need some new chairs. And he, he thought that he saw 
one of your bosses at a LinkedIn thing, but do you used to do furniture too? And yeah, we do furniture too. But I can tell you 90 days after I joined LinkedIn, I landed my first furniture order and I am a CPA. I'm not, my partner was the salesperson started charge of that part of the business, but 90 days, it was 90. I sold a, a nice furniture order at a time at that time because we weren't doing a lot because we got a relationship with a business owner who was a friend of a friend. And the only reason the friend of a friend worked, then we got into the business. Otherwise we would have just been somebody knocking on the door. So it's, it's actually great to hear that, um, you know, there are so many, so many LinkedIn, LinkedIn trainers and coaches out there who perhaps just read a book, watch some videos, and then they start to teach. But uh, I love that you are a practitioner. You went through it, you know what you're doing, and um, you've been all throughout the process of LinkedIn. Can you tell me, can you tell me what specifically work on, what kind of strategy worked for you um, while you were uh, doing the furniture and the LinkedIn? Yeah, the, this is the strategy at work was, what's the name of a company that we hear is gonna move, remodel, or expand their business? You know, and if, if any of those three things are happening in a business, then it usually means furniture right? If they're growing. And when we would find that out, I would punch the name of the company in. up comes the company page. I click the number of employees. I go through the employees and I would look and see who I had second degree relationships with. And then I'd work my way in through that, my friend to those second degrees. And if it was a bigger company, then I would usually use the search filter that says title and I'd put facilities or facility manager, facility director, if it was a large Fortune 500 company. And then I would do just that. I would use that, that relationship to get in when I could see that a friend of mine knew somebody. And I w it w wouldn't always work because, you know, people don't always connect with only their friends. So you got to weed through that a little bit. Once in a while, you're going to run into somebody who says, I don't know that guy. Well, you're connected to him. Well, I don't know. And then you got to keep moving. But that was the number one technique. And how did it come about that you uh, decided to quit your uh, or sell the, the part of your company and then start doing LinkedIn on, as a full time? Was it was it difficult transition or how was it? How was it about? Uh, it wasn't as difficult as you think, because my partner and I worked out that I could transition my way out. And it wasn't like starting a business from cold turkey because I already had a client base at that point. I doing it part-time, I, I had a mailing list of maybe 5,000 that I had already built. And I already had a reputation and the book was out there for a couple of years. So it, it was, I was able to do a real, real a launch without having to take as much risk at going, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to start teaching LinkedIn. You know, I had a website at the time already. And um, so the, the nice thing was my partner and I had a good enough relationship that we said, this is okay. This is, you know, I'm good with this, right? Okay. You keep talking about the book and uh, I actually, that, that was the one thing how I discovered you because uh, when I went on Amazon, I've seen that, you know, you're one of the first ones on the top of the list uh, from the, about the books about LinkedIn. So can you tell us a little bit more the story behind, behind that? You, I know you touched upon that. It, it was your wife who actually inspired you to, to do that. Can you tell us the story about the book? Yeah, so the content of the book, which is, was interesting because I said, how are we going to write a book? And she said, all we'll do is, I was teaching a two-hour beginner LinkedIn class consistently in my office. I'd fill up the conference room every two weeks for free. 
And she said, we'll just record that. And then she was a court reporter before we had kids. And so she said, then I'll type it all out and we'll have it on, on, a, on paper. And then we'll turn those into the chapters of the book. And between the, the, the class that was two hours, and at that point I had maybe 30 blog posts because I would do a blog post every week and send it out to my email list. It was the combination of the two-hour book and the blog post that we went on a vacation, hiking vacation, and we took this stuff with us and we spread it all out on the table and we put it in these little folders of chapters. And then we came back from this vacation and then I had a, the old, old dictaphone, you know, this little tape recorder, right? With a with an actual little tape, right? And I would record a chapter every week and I would hand it to her and i say, here's chapter one, here's chapter two. And then on Saturday morning, we'd fight every Saturday. We'd fight every Saturday because we were fighting over the chapter because she wanted to make it really right. And I wanted to make, make it wane, funny and stuff like that. And she said, it, you can't do it that way. That's not how people read. You may be able to do that in your class. But she, and so by, we got done like 26 weeks later. The book was done. And then we found a publisher, which was interesting because I didn't think I'd find a publisher. Typically, publishers take 2 or 3% of their books, right? And we found a publisher that didn't, hadn't, didn't have a LinkedIn book. And there were, like I said, there were only four or five books out there. And, and they were all published at the time, no self-published. And I, and I went to three publishers and all three said they wanted me. So I said, well, maybe I'm supposed to do this book. And then we spent a week, a year with the publisher. So it took about two years in total to do the book. But then the book took off right on Amazon. And that was it, you know, and we've kept the book up, you know, this, this edition is now last April, this came out. And it's, it's, a, the first book was 110 pages. This is 225 pages. Now it's doubled in size. But we've kept sort of the same strategy behind the vision for the book is if you're a beginner or maybe an intermediate user and you really haven't found the right tactics and strategies and cadence, you know, you got, a, you got an account, but you just haven't got that flow going, right? Yeah, that was actually, that would be my, my second question about, about the book, because uh, obviously, you know, over the years, LinkedIn has evolved and uh, introduced many new features. Now there's coming stories, there's a polls, you know, all different kind of things on, on the LinkedIn. Obviously, uh, that need to be projected in a book in some way or another, right, to, for, for the book to stay kind of like up to date. So what do you do with that and how do you deal with those changes over the years? Well, of course, that's the tricky part, you know. I mean, as good as a book is, it still is printed and it's still, you know, and you, they sit in a warehouse and they get mailed out, right? Uh, so the way I deal with changes is I do a weekly blog slash LinkedIn tip, right? And in the book, I constantly tell people, you should sign up for my tips, go to my website, get subscribed, and then you'll get the latest there. You know, you'll get the new feature featured, and when stories comes out and everybody gets it, I'll talk to you. And company page changes that took place last year, I wrote about it, you know. And so, and that's all I can do, right? I mean, because it is what it is. And really, like, since this thing came out last in April, there's probably only about two things that are wrong, just, you know, not, not available anymore, let's say. And then there's probably three or four features of significance that should be in there. Like stories is a good one, right? I mean, stories is out there, but we don't have it here in the States. So people like to talk about stories and talk about stories. I go, well, what good is it if some people can use it? I mean, I'm an old, I'm 62 years old, right? 
So I am, I am not the shiny new object guy. And I'm a CPA, right? I'm a logical-based, linear thinker guy. And so I don't get excited about these things until I see that they're good. Like even, even events. You know, they came out with events last year or two years ago, and then they added events to company pages. And the old events was so much better than the new events. Now, I still use it, but it's got lots of quirks and stuff to the point where, you know what, if I wrote the book tomorrow, I probably would put events in there, but I would have a hesitancy because I don't think it works very well, right? So I'm, I'm not a fan to just chase it because LinkedIn says we should be excited about it. I'm a fan if I can see... A, a business owner, a sales team can use this part. Otherwise, so I don't know. Will they use stories? We'll see. I don't know. But I don't even have it, so I couldn't even tell you how it works. When uh, it's actually interesting, interesting that you're talking about different different features. What are you excited about uh, in terms of LinkedIn? I do love the featured section on your profile. Boy, I'll tell you, when they came out with that, that's a beauty. That allows that business person to put websites and links to, to videos right there with really big visuals. You know, that, that one, I, when I saw that, I said, you know what? If I were Microsoft and I wanted to make money, I'd put that in premium only. <laughs> and and I, believe me, I like free LinkedIn users. That's who's usually who I teach. But I thought to myself, that feature is good enough to be paid. So I really like that feature, that new feature a lot. Um, the feature that I still think is so hidden and one of the best for small to mid-sized businesses is the fact that you can search a person's network using the filter called connections of that most people have not explored that. And when I show the connections of filter and they, and I, I know you help attorneys and lawyers and, and like I think about that area, attorneys, accountants, professional services, engineers, that feature for getting referrals is the very best feature on LinkedIn. And yet it's four or five clicks or it's hard to find or get to that people haven't, they go, oh, why, how long has that been out there for free? I said, well, probably 10 years. What do you mean? I said, 10 years, but you couldn't find it. So, I mean, I think that's a wonderful feature too. Um, so, and I, and I like the fact that they're putting a few things on company pages that can, you can get more followers, but it doesn't seem to be working very well. So I think company pages is also has a, a long way to go. Um, but I'm, I'm still, you know what I'm most excited about is just the fact that the platform is getting not only bigger with the number of people on it, but that people are staying on the site longer. So now content can matter, although the algorithm is really difficult for people who are newly sharing content to try to figure out, well, everybody doesn't get that? How come? Why don't, you know, and, and that and that's hard for people to digest when they write a nice article on LinkedIn and they're proud of it. And it took them hours or they paid somebody to do it and they're really proud of it. And then they post it and it gets two comments. And they go, what? How come I see all these 10,000 comments, 5,000 this and 8,000 that? I said, well, you know what your problem is? You're just starting to post now and you only have 300 connections. There's nothing wrong with that. People can still find that content on your profile, but you're, you're just beginning your content journey. And LinkedIn is not going to give you a lot of credit for the early parts of your content sharing journey. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's how it seems to work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that brings me to another question, which is, uh, which is always very interesting. And uh, I, I'm, I'm answering this question also very, very often. 
you know, when we talk to, to our clients, uh, we have a video production company and, and they sometimes come to us because we drive a lot of business from LinkedIn and they ask us how to do that. Um, and they ask us about the strategy. So uh, imagine that, you know, somebody is approaching you and I'm, I'm sure you have many, many clients like this, you know, medium uh, or, or smaller size business business owner. He wants to just start on, on a LinkedIn, as you mentioned, you know, he wants to he wants to get to these, you know, 10,000 comments and likes and all that. What what do you normally do with these uh, these clients and how do you start with them? So I think the one thing they should do is if they're going to produce content. And I think that is an important strategy on LinkedIn is use that content for more a direct messaging strategy while yes, you post and, and get that rolling, but use that content, whether it's a video, whether it's a white paper, whether it's a blog post and go through your network and send direct messages with links to that content excuse me, because those are people who are already part of your network and you can get into their inbox by using that strategy. So I think you need to do that as the early part of your content sharing strategy is not think that sharing or posting is going to take it to the promised land because it won't, but use the direct messaging strategy early on and as you work your way up. But like, like you said, the strategy still has to be, I'm going to continue to build this network to thousands and thousands and thousands of people that could buy my services or would be interested in my services so that when I do post down the road, it's good. I'll be able to use that channel as well as the direct messaging strategy. Hmm. That's a, that's really very powerful strategy, uh, driving people directly to your content. I think, I think the tricky part there is not to be too salesy or not to come out yeah. as a, as a salesy sure. person, right? Yeah. But if you're, but if your content, but if your content is educational in nature, and you put that in their message and, and, and they think that's salesy, it's a free 45 minute webinar, or it's, well, then they're probably never gonna buy from you ever. I mean, at some point, some people are never gonna buy from you, even though they look like they should buy from you because they're just, you know, so if they end up disconnecting because you send them three good pieces of content over the next two, four, four or five months, then guess what? They're probably just mooches anyway. And I, I don't say that lovingly. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I got people on my email list that digest my free content all, all week. I mean, every week consistently. So I don't mean mooch. I don't mean mooch negatively. I just mean you just got to step back and go, you know, I need a big number because then, then there'll be certain number that will buy from me, right? And you, if we all knew who the – if we could say, well, this content's going to – this context new connection is going to buy from me. If we could figure that one out, then we could we could write that book and retire for sure, right? Uh, Wayne, uh, how often how often one should post? What do you normally recommend? Well, I think you should post as often as you've got really good content or things to say, uh, because the algorithm is not your friend. I wouldn't post more than once a day. I think it seems like the algorithm gives you a little bit of a penalty if you post more than once a day like the second or third thing you post in the same day won't won't do anything so i think once a day is great but most business owners are not going to post once a day because they're busy doing their business right so if if they could if i could get them on a cadence of a couple of times a week and then but besides that get engaged in the people that are engaging in your stuff right 
and go look at the posts of the target audience. You talk about a great strategy. If you're in my target audience and I notice you're posting something, boy, just engage. I'd engage in your stuff. And before you know it, that person's going to look at your profile. And then you send a connection request and they go, oh, Wayne's been sharing my stuff. I've never met the guy before, but he's been sharing my stuff. Of course they connect with them. And then you're sort of friends at that level. So you know, I think spending as much time with engagement of other people's stuff as you're spending posting is a better strategy than posting two more two more articles that you found from the Wall Street Journal or something like that. Hmm. That's actually an interesting thing because uh, many times people telling me, you know, I don't really know what to post. What should I post? What do you, what, you know, once a week? Okay, fine. Uh, but, you know, every day, what can I post? What would you say yeah. that? That's, you know why that's such an easy answer? is because you shouldn't ask that question. You should be able to say, these are the questions I'm getting asked in my business every week. And that's what you write about, or that's what you, I mean, my blog posts, which I, like I said, I'm diligent about that every week. My wife and I work darn hard at that, and we have, and that's how we really have, I mean, that's probably my number one lead generation is that weekly blog slash email that I sent out. It's as simple as I sit down on Thursdays because it goes out on Sunday and I go, well, what are the questions that I have this week? What's on people's minds? And what, and that could have been because I was speaking in front of an audience, which is not happening these days, but I was doing that, a lot of that. Or what emails am I getting? Wayne, I don't get this. Wayne, how does this work, right? And I just keep a little log of those. And I put a little tick mark. Well, there's another one. Like this week, I wrote about disconnecting with people. Because my little log said there were eight people that asked about disconnecting in the last couple of months. I said, well, I'm going to write the article about disconnecting from people. So it, it's, it, but if you don't ask your clients what their pain points are, what their questions are, shame on you. Then how, how can you generate new, new products for your business, let alone write content? So to me, content, what you should post is the easiest thing in the world if you keep your ear to the ground with your clients and keep an eye on what they're asking and when you get together with them and say, you know, what are your pro what what's what's your problems in your business today? What 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 did COVID cause? What has COVID done to your business? That's what I've been asking lately. I've been going, tell me about your COVID problems. You know, why is your business different? And maybe LinkedIn can help you do get to a different space with some of your customers because of COVID. Could be. If you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. I think we all, as a business owners, we have that little section on our website which called FAQ, right? Uh, frequently asked questions. So um, we should be able to actually identify what the problems of our customers are, and um, and write a content or write a content about about that, right? And then the second thing, what you mentioned, and I really like that, uh, you know. Just go to the people who you're interested in, who you want to connect in, and share their post. Share what they are, they are, they are sharing, because then you will get noticed. They will, they, you know, you'll engage with that. Add some little value to those posts, and I think that will really make a, a, a big impact um, in order to connect with these people, right? Yeah, think about it. When you share somebody else's post, and you say you, say you like the article, and you found this interesting, but you had this little spin on it, you're going to get a profile view from that person. 
And, and if you get a profile view from a person, here's what I call a profile view by a person that's in your target audience. It's a marketing event. So you just caused and instigated a marketing event. No different than we used to buy billboards and ads and newspapers. Those are marketing events that we had to pay for. Now we can go into a target audience's activity box, see what they're doing and writing about, and cause them to look at our marketing stuff, our profile, and we didn't spend one penny. I don't know. I think that's good stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Wayne, how often do you post? I post once a week for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd say half the weeks I probably post a second time. But I, but I, but I get a lot of engagement because I've got twenty six thousand connections. So I spend more than an equal time on the engagement, and the, you know, and thanking them, and then saying things about them or whatever when I do my comments. So, and then that causes more, more engagement, you know. But that's the fun part, you know. If if you start to think, look at that as fun. If you start to look at that as I'm having real conversations with real people. That's the fun part, right? I mean, posting, you go up and you just pray that something's going to happen. But when people engage, you go, I got a chance to talk to this lady. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned already um, like a part of a strategy, but still, I would like to push you just a little bit further. Um, can you tell me, um, imagine I'm a, I'm a small business owner. I would like to get the leads from, from, uh, from LinkedIn. I've heard that LinkedIn is a great platform to get a business leads. Well, you know, what, you know, a part of posting engaging, what can I do? Well, I think that, that the, the advanced search, when we use the filters to search and find people we want to connect with, but look at who our friends know, you know, the second degree, I think that whole referral thing is, to me, that's, if I find from a business owner, when I say, how do you get your business? Forget LinkedIn for a minute. How do you get your business? And they say, oh, referrals are important to me then I think that's the number one strategy. I think that's the number. If, if I find a business that, that, that doesn't get do referrals, then I'm just going to talk about things like, well, even like, think about this business, a B2C business, you know, somebody who's not B2B. They come to me and say, well, I heard that LinkedIn's not very good for B2C. And I said, well, it might not be as good as Facebook. That could be. But, but are there people that might bring you referrals that you don't, aren't your customers, but they bring like a real estate agent, a home seller, right? People sell homes. If you network your way in LinkedIn with other people that know people that are moving around and changing their home, then maybe you, that, that could be a good referral source. So I think the whole referral thing is important. That's a great strategy. I, I do think that your, um, that your own network, direct messaging your own network, as you build out that network and every several times a year, let's say, doing some kind of search into your first degree and sharing some content with them on a, on a regular basis, a couple times a year, I think that's a great strategy too. And, and, I'll, and I'll usually get to that strategy when I do my consults and I say to somebody, I see you've got 1,500 connections. That's per, that could be really good, but only if they're the right people. Tell me what percent of those are you the right people? And they say, oh, half, sort of. I said, good. You see, so you've got 17, 750 people in there that you say are in your target audience. How often have you communicated directly with them? And they go, directly? Uh, and I, I, I can't send a note to 750 people. I said, no, you can't. I said, but you can pull that list up. 
and you can have a piece of content that you know resonates with them and you can send out a message in sort of a cut and paste fashion with that content. But here's the trick. I think the trick is not just cutting and pasting because you know the content's good and, and you ultimately want to share the content but maybe set up an appointment to discuss their business. You got to swap out that first paragraph of that cut and paste note so that it's personalized. You got to say something like, we connected six months ago, but we never had a chance for a conversation. Wanted to swing back and just see if this might be a better time. And while I was here, I wanted to share this document with you or this video or this webinar or invitation to this. So direct messaging can be a wonderful tool on LinkedIn if done right and not done in a way that how fast can I send out these messages to the most number of people and go, oh, I did that. I'm really proud of myself. That's not a, that's not a good LinkedIn strategy. That's an email list. If you can have that, I got an email list. I love my email list. But it's a different strategy than this one. It's very, very powerful what you, what you just said uh, because I really believe that, uh, you know, we all like um, – being being spoken to in a very personal note right like so we like that we like that you know somebody took time for example just to go through our profile and see what our what our interests are or or who we are and what we do and kind of like making that into into that message that direct message makes a big 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 difference right yep yeah. Sure does. What about what about connection requests? Because that's also a, a big thing um, uh, nowadays. Um, there are a lot of people they they connecting with left, right, and center. There's a that that kind of lion movement, as they call themselves, like LinkedIn open networkers. Um, they're trying to connect with uh, with so many different people. What what do you, what do you think about that? So I think there's a, definitely a strategy with your inbound connections. And one of the strategies that I teach behind inbound invitations is spend time on their profile. Don't just say yes or no. And if you look at their profile and they didn't, let's say they didn't write you a note, you know, they didn't write you a note and say what they wanted. And you look at their profile and you say, I don't see anything on this profile that resonates with me. I don't see anything that I could help them with. I don't see anything that they could help me with. Ignore. But it, the other ones, like a perfect example, when I get an invitation from uh, owner of a company, a VP of sales, director of sales, and they don't write me a note, I always accept those. And then I follow up with a note right away. Thanks for connecting. I'm sure you're here because you want to use how to use LinkedIn for sales. Somebody probably told you about my book. Somebody told, probably told you about my classes. So I'm going to make the assumption that you're not just here because you got nothing to do. You're, you're bored. You're here because you heard about me and now you want to have a conversation. And I'll, I'll ask them that. I'll say, would you like to set up a conversation? But then I'll always do this. I always ask anybody that I let into the network, and it's probably 50 a week, 50 to 100 every week for me that I let in. I will always ask them if they would like to get started by learning, by getting my free LinkedIn weekly email. And that's how I build up. So I hand my wife that list of 50 names every week. I say, honey, put these in the computer. These are people that said they opted in. So I got a strategy that I'd love to have a conversation with them. And that could be today, but it might not be. But I'm at least going to get you so that you start seeing my emails because I know those are going to go in your inbox. 
when I post that same article on LinkedIn that was in your email, you may not get that, right? So, so I'm looking at an inbound invitation with very much a strategy to say, I'm not letting you in here without either asking now and then putting you on my list. And sometimes I'll even take somebody who's coming in. I'll go, you know what? I'm going to ask them. Thanks for joining my network. Maybe this is what you want. Um, and then I might put them in my follow-up for three months from now. And then, then I'll do a direct message and say, hey, we never did chat three months ago. I got another class coming up. It's like the one I mentioned in my earlier message. Would you like to be invited or something? You know? So have a strategy to let them in. How much time do you actually spend on uh, LinkedIn? And how much time would you recommend to somebody spent on LinkedIn? Yeah, so it's not fair to ask me because <laughs> like you, it's my living, right? But my recommendation to clients is you, you probably need to spend a couple hours a week on LinkedIn if you're going to do it right. You can probably get away with one hour a week if you you're real if you got a real nice flow and you know what what thing what works for you you can probably get away with that if you've got a flow but i'd say one to two hours for sure you should commit to to really be effective you've been you've been on the linkedin for so many so many years and obviously i'm i'm pretty sure you have a lot of experiences uh, uh, can you recall any kind of funny experience which you had on on linkedin or something humorous which happened to you on uh, on LinkedIn. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but uh... yeah. that's a good one. I think what's funny, and it's not so much funny, but it's just so ironic how after I've been on LinkedIn all this time, that somebody will send me a note and say, Wayne, I bought your first book and I saw you teach here and here and here and here and here. And we, and we never, and we weren't connected. And then i just think it's so ironic that somebody would wait seven or eight years and buy my book and then come to a class or two and never send a connection request. It seems odd that you wouldn't say, but, but a lot of people follow the strategy that I, unless I really meet Wayne, I don't, can't connect with them. And I mean, you can see that I have 25,000 connections. So guess what? I haven't met everybody. Um, oh, well, I'll tell you, I got this. Here's a good one. It relates to my email list. You'll love this one. So, you know, when you write an email, you try to have a catchy subject line, right? Something that's going to get people to click through. And my wife and I came up, it was a, it was a subject line about, uh, I mean, the article was about the right things to post on LinkedIn. And subject line said something like this, stop sharing your crazy stuff on LinkedIn. That was a subject line. And I, and I used my tool where I could say, hi, Vit. Stop sharing your crappy stuff on my LinkedIn. And I got notes back from people thinking that I really wrote that note to them. And they started going, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't do this. I, don't, I won't do it again. And, I, and my, I told my wife, I said, can you believe that they actually, they, I send them a tip every week at the same time. And this time they thought it was me really yelling at them. So what I had to do was I had to send a, a, an apology note the next day. <laughs> so many people took it like I was, it was personal and it wasn't personal. I'm so sorry that you felt that way. And, and I'll tell you what, these days I'm a little careful <laughs> like on, the, on the subject line. Seems like absolutely awesome conversational starter um, yeah, for me. <laughs> so that's, that's a good one. But um, 
Um, so, so that brings me to another question. Uh, well, did you have a, did you ever had any awkward experience on on a LinkedIn? Because I know that on social media, because you know the anonymity of it, uh, many times people can you know say things which they would normally do not uh, do not say to your face. Um, did you had any any bad experience? Well, you're always going to get people when you have an audience the size as I do. You're always going to get some person that disagrees, and they might disagree agree more forcefully than other people think they should. And to me, that's just part of being in the spotlight a little bit and having a book and all that. So that happens. That can happen pretty consistently. And and I, it doesn't bother me like it used to. And of course, nobody likes to get a bad review on Amazon or something like that. But um, and, and that does happen, especially with the book. With the book, you know, it's like we talked about at the very beginning. There are going to be things that get outdated. Even I, I think it was the second edition the second edition came out and it took, you know, six months from the time I was done to the time it came out. And all of a sudden there were two things in there that LinkedIn has changed. This book is no good because of whatever, you know, and I go, well, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> and I, and actually I would, I wrote the person, I found the person on LinkedIn and I said, I'm sorry, you know, it's, but the book pro publishing process takes time and LinkedIn can change things. And I mean, what I did was I actually offered that lady a, a short consultation. And I said, well, why don't we get on the phone and see if I can help you? I said, I feel bad about that, you know, but the rest of the book is good. And that's only like two pages in the whole book. Right. But you know how people are. Is there anybody, anybody on, uh, on uh, the whole LinkedIn who you, you would consider uh, as your, I don't want to say guru or, but somebody who you look up to or who you did look up to. Are there any, any people who you kind of follow and you like what they do on, on LinkedIn? Sure. I like Vivica Von Rosen. She works for Ben Grusso. She's, she has great content. I like Melanie Dodaro. She wrote, she's written a couple of books on LinkedIn, Dodaro. She's, her content is outstanding. I like, uh, I learn a lot from Andy Foote. I learn a lot from Mark Williams. Mark Williams has a podcast and he, his stuff is wonderful. Uh, I learn a lot from Bruce Johnson, Johnston from Canada. He's, he's really good. Um, uh, Donna Sardula has good stuff and has written a couple of really good books. Yeah, and, and you know, and those folks are important. You know, those folks are important because, because you, you don't want to work in a vacuum. You know, you want to be able to say, this is cool. Do you think that, what do you think? You think this is cool? Do you think people will like this? Or what did I miss on this? You know, like, especially when I don't think a feature is very good and everybody else is ranting and raving about it. I, I like to get somebody else's opinion who I really think is smart and not just posting for posting sake because they can get another thousand likes or whatever people that have really thought it through because I always think like a small business owner because that's what I've been my entire career I've either served the small business owners or have been one and I don't like to waste time and so I want to always vet things to the nth degree and I think I, I find that those people that I just mentioned do a really good job of that they don't get all excited until it's until it looks like it's going to work well yeah, uh, all those names, uh, Mark Williams, Melanie, and all these, all these people. Yeah, awesome, awesome LinkedIn experts. See, you, you've had, I see you've had AJ Wilcox on your podcast. Yes. You know, yeah. it, to me, when it comes to LinkedIn ads, I'd send people to him. I'm, I'm not even messing with it. It's another world that I don't know enough about to pretend that I, I'm good at it. And I say, you go listen to AJ Wilcox's podcast. He's wonderful. He can help you. Um, 
he's he's the right guy. Yep. Um, Wayne, one of the one of the last questions I wanted to ask you: um, What I what what common mistakes uh, do you see people are making on LinkedIn? I think it still boils down to their profile and their connection strategy is not clearly set up with a strategy. I think the strategy piece of LinkedIn is critical as a critical starting point. And it doesn't mean you, you, you can't have a new strategy today. You, sh- you probably should have a new strategy from 10 years ago. But what I see is I don't see people aligning their connection, their new connections and their content in their profile and, and really the content they're sharing really specifically around the strategy. I'd say that's the number one mistake. The number two mistake is they don't want to put the time in to really make this thing work. They want to really go out and push a button and hope that it's all going to flow like a magic money machine or something. It's a relationship building site. And whether we, this or going to meetings and networking meetings and building relationships, both of those things take time to percolate and they're hard work and they take time. And I think they, they want fast answers and fast results and, and, and I'll tell people, listen, if that's what you're looking for, I think you're in the wrong place. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a very, very good, uh, very good tip. And um, actually, talking about tips, I would like to ask you: just imagine there is a, somebody who wants to start with a LinkedIn small business owner. They 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 are not, you know, they haven't they haven't been on on LinkedIn so far. What would be your number one tip? What to do? Where to start on LinkedIn? This is it right here. It it really is. This this book starts with the first sentence in this book says, I never wanted to be on LinkedIn. That's the first sentence in chapter one. And most business owners don't want to do any of this stuff. So my some but just all, all kidding aside, I do think you need some decent training when you're first starting because it's not intuitive. But yet I think if you start to understand how LinkedIn works, then your other kinds of marketing like referrals or your other kinds of marketing that over your history have worked, then you can put together how did it, how does the regular marketing work? How does LinkedIn work so that maybe that regular marketing can be pushed into into LinkedIn? So I think that's, but I, so I think people need to get educated and trained, you know, and that could be one of their friends, one of their friends that's really good at LinkedIn or another industry person. Like I know you sometimes work with attorneys and the, Find an attorney that's figured this thing out and have a cup of coffee and say, hey, looks like you're working on LinkedIn. What's your strategy? What, how does it work for you? And then boom, 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 and then you'll be ready to go. Wayne, it was absolutely awesome to have you on, on our podcast. Um, and before we go, of course, I, will, uh, I want to ask you, um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where, where they can find you? And obviously, just, uh, just give us one more time where, where to find the book as well. You bet. Thanks for asking that. So, uh, of course, LinkedIn is really a really great spot to find me. Uh, my website is powerformula.net. And the book is available on Amazon. So go to Amazon. If you go to my website, you'll see some click-throughs to my Amazon page. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I, usually these podcasts generate a lot of nice people sending me connection requests. And I love those. So be sure to mention in your note to me, you know, we really enjoyed the podcast and I'm happy to connect. I I look forward to that. 
Awesome. Again, uh, one more thank you, uh, Wayne, for talking to us today. It was absolutely awesome to have you have you on the show, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch up uh, uh, really soon again because I think there's so much more we can talk about. Uh, we can talk about <laughs> for hours on LinkedIn, I guess, on that on that topic. So again, thank you very much for for, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart.